Hello, I'm Mark Tallman with KASB, and this is one of my favorite times of the year, not necessarily because of the holidays or football or anything, because we start getting our NAEP scores and our, and our state <laughs> assessment results and things like that. And a lot of attention turns to the question of, so how are we doing, right? So how are we doing? Well, that's what we're going to find out. So joining us for this recording is, of course, Commissioner Randy Watson, and we're honored to also have Kathy Bush, the chair of the State Board of Education, to talk with us a little bit about, so in the fall of 2019, what are we finding out from some of those annual reports about how kids are doing, and then what are the things that, that those kind of reports don't tell us that we also need to know? So I'm going to go over kind of what I, I went over with the State Board this week, and I know that uh, Kathy will want to talk about some other things that we talked about just today right. mm -hmm. uh, over at the Kansas Health Institute. We look at the State Board, uh, we go back to that original 2015 data, and Kansas said these are the, here are the important things that we ought to look at in school. Those are eight specific measures now that, that we look at in the state board. One of those is very simple, is a student academically prepared for life after high school. Vocational technical school, community college, uh, Harvard, KU, wherever they're going to go. So when we look at that, uh, there's uh, several different um, ways that we look, look at are you academically prepared. Um, one of those that we look at is simply uh, state assessment scores, right. and they are flat this year. Now, when I say they're flat, I'm looking at math, English language arts, and even science, and we're looking at grades 3 through 8 and then 10th grade. So there are grades that are up. There are pockets where levels three and four went up and levels one diminished. There are pockets of subgroups that did that. But if you look at it overall, I think, st I think statistically you would say we're flat, even though you can maybe make the argument we're slightly up. Someone could pinpoint a subsection and say you look like you're slightly down. So that, I think, is also how you'd want to look at NAEP, which nationwide's down. ACT is also nationwide down. We'll talk about that in a second. And then uh, we are down, too. So state assessment scores are flat, but in the last two years they had dropped. So we've seen, a, well, I think we've seen what we call a leveling, leveling off. off. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that uh, a little bit because uh, what's, what's kind of critical about that uh, is when you think about uh, the state assessments relative to ACT, which you can see on the screen now, we benchmarked our state assessments against the ACT. This is the eighth graders, and you can see where the college readiness benchmark is for those exact eighth graders when they took the ACT in high school. And clearly, if a student's at level doing depth of knowledge at levels three and four, they're going to be doing academic work to prepare them. What we believe is that in No Child Left Behind, we were asking teachers and students to be at level two, to be proficient. We've raised the game because we want them to be more, more academically prepared, and right now we need to see some growth in that. But that's only one area that we, we've looked at to make sure that they're academically prepared. So I think someone wants to jump to a test score uh, and say yes or no. We're trying to look at what are the multiple pieces of data we can ask the question, are our students academically prepared? So we want to look at state assessment scores. We want to look at SAT, which we'll talk about in a second, ACT. Mm -hmm. 
advanced placement scores, the number of students earning dual and credit, and the number of students through Senate Bill 155 that are earning vocational dual credit. Because all of those are, are indicators that I can do academic level work beyond high school. So I, think that's, I think that's a really important point too for our audience to understand. Test scores are important. We're never going to say they're not. But you, what you really have to do look, is look at multiple data points, which Randy's going to go over with us today, is all these various data points that we look at to determine if our kids are making success and making strides. And we are really emphasizing the increased rigor. As Randy refers to level three and level four, that really is an increased level of rigor over proficient. So if we could go back to that slide, if Rob would want to put that back up for just a minute, because I, again, I do think that there, there maybe is confusion around that. Um, we have a four-level state assessment test. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a sense, what's very clear is that level one is uh, is unacceptable. That That's that's below where you want everyone. What What's kind of confusing is that level two might be seen as sort of a, well, you use the term proficient or just kind of meeting standard. Or meeting grade level. Meeting at grade a, level. A very as very recall right. knowledge level. Right. So, yes. so what is, so I, and, and again, I know, I know people get frustrated. You may hit me if I talk about, you know, people thinking about this in a term of a letter grade. But what you might say is, okay, you know, level, level one is clearly failing. That's clearly an F. Level two might be comparable to a C or D. You're passing, but you're not really where you'd ideally like to be. We've, for a long time, and this was true under No Child Left Behind, kind of taken the sense of we're going to just look at those kids who are at least passing. What we've kind of done using levels two and three and validate them against ACT is say we are expecting the goal is to get more kids to a higher level that is more predictive of your ability to do post-secondary work. Yes, and in fact, NAEP, which we had talked about, at eighth grade, which we're looking at, NAEP says, oh, Kansas, by the way, you have the you have the most rigorous standards and the most rigorous cut scores in the nation, number one, in eighth grade. At fourth grade, I think we were above half. But at eighth grade, in math and English language arts, the most difficult standards. But, Mark, that's not the reason Kansas teachers said it this way. It wasn't to grade schools. It wasn't to know to passing, not passing. It was to say, we must get kids ready to do academic work after high school. Right. And what is that level? And if that level is whatever it is, that's the level we have to get to when we think about depth of understanding. So what some people have said is it's an A, B, C, D, or F, or what's proficient, or I think if you ask most people on the street about reading and said, if you're proficient in reading, what does that mean? I think a lot of people say, well, you're literate. You can be literate in level one as we would define literacy in, in, a, in a previous generation. Level two is at grade level and starting to do post-secondary level work toward the upper end of that. But certainly we, we know that at the depth of knowledge at three and four, we can say without reservation because of the research that's been done, you're able to do post-secondary work without remediation. Now, you may still fail school because I don't go to class, and but I can do the academic work. And 
If you take a look at uh, at this next chart, going back to your grading, if you say level four is an A, you can clearly see this is the, what it means, uh, Kansas uh, assessment to the ACT. You'd be saying that an, that an A student has to score 29 to 36 on the ACT in any of those given areas. That's way more right. difficult than an A. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can see there at level two, you're talking about an ACT score of anywhere between 14 and 23. So the upper end of two still meets that 21 admission. This is an extremely high level. Doesn't mean we don't need more kids to get there. We absolutely do. And we think over the next several years, that's what we think, we'll have to watch the data. We'll start to see a slow growth toward that. Not a test prep toward that, but a slow growth as schools are coming to realize we're going to measure against the standards and we're going to hold kids accountable to levels three and four. Well, I said at the state board, one of the things that all the parents need to hear, right, school board members need to hear, is our rigor in Kansas has dropped over time and grades have gone up. And when we invert that, especially with high school students, this is really important, they will not like it. Because they're saying, I'm a 4.0. And now you're asking me to really do more and a deeper level. I have to do more mm -hmm. work. I wasn't working this hard before to get this grade. And what we're saying, you're right. The data's clear, though, to get you prepared academically, we're going to ask more of you. Yeah, we are asking for an increase in the rigor level, is what we're asking for. And that's what levels three and four reflect, because then those students, which is where we want them, is they're prepared for post-secondary. The other thing I really want to mention, when parents and students in schools look at individual student scores, right. you need to really look at that growth factor. Are they growing? You know, you say we don't want to be at a one. Well, we don't want to be a one but are we making growth right. are those students moving from a one to a two that's a good thing so we we also want to look at that growth factor but you you really kind of do that on an individual student basis and that's important for our schools to be doing that so our we, we've been using the current assessments for about four years now correct what we've seen is uh, a, a tougher standard certainly in terms of clarifying that levels two and three are where we want to be we unfortunately saw in the first few years of that we were dropping. Yes. The last year or two we've stabilized. Yes. The challenge now for for our viewers, mm -hmm. uh, whether they're school board members or leaders or parents or anyone else, is understanding it is going to be harder to make that progress. We're going to have to expect more from everyone to get there. Yes. Is that a fair way yes. to put it? And we're not talking about more worksheets, more right. homework. Right. We're talking about moving from knowledge level, kind of a recall level to an analysis and a synthesis and evaluation level I can do something with this work so not two plus two that's that's level one uh, two two plus two times three is level two it's okay if you've got a problem and we're trying to solve how many uh, how many uh, 
crops we're going to plant in this many acres, we're putting that into application mode. That's levels three and four. That will drive you then to that silver and gold level on the ACT workies, it will, which is vocational technical school. It will drive you certainly above a 22 on the ACT up to 36. And we know that because we follow these kids from seventh grade and then they took those other tests right. and then we measured back against it. So we're not, we're not saying those are national norms or some kind. These are Kansas kids that we have followed. And what we now know and the state board knows is we have to teach to a different depth of understanding in order to help our kids be prepared for the academic rigor they're going to face. But that, that measure, when you look at that and you look at some other measures, you'd say, well, but they're doing well on some other measures, not those test scores. How would you reconcile that? We can talk about that in a second. The state board thinks it's those other eight things that we're looking at. So if, if I have a low academic score or, or this happens a lot. A student scores 19 on the ACT, 21 would be college ready, but they have a 3.8 GPA. You say, how can that be? Well, it could be a level of rigor. It could be also what that indicates is that student really works hard. That naturally they're, they don't, they're not as talented academically. It might show up in a once for a few hours test yes, or something like that. Yes, and what right. the KBOR, Kansas Board of Regents, has said, we know that kid is successful when they go on because they know how to work at Now we're in the social emotional domain. Mm -hmm. So when the state board says you've got to look at a student and a family, when you're helping families, at all of these eight domains, and then you have to start, the art is, with teachers and principals and schools, where are students strong and weak, and then what are their goals, and how do we put this together in a package? So people say, are academics important? Yes, they're very important, but so is uh, the social, emotional, setting goals, and uh, showing up on time, and being good uh, to people, knowing how to present yourself equally as important. Right. I, I also know how to civically engage. We saw some wonderful things this week with yeah. Veterans Day across Kansas, where I, I was at Central Heights some remark over two hours of honoring their veterans, and, and young people had written essays, what it meant to them, and they were interviewing uh, these, these remarkable people that had graduated from Central Heights. Two hours of time of school, doing that. Is that important? Did they learn something? Absolutely. And so what I think we've done over time, and I think educators are to blame for this, is say the measure of whether you're going to be successful is that score only. And we're saying it's one of those scores. Well, let's talk about some more scores okay. then, since you stressed well, that. I think you want to talk, so that's kind of state assessments. That's, that's one piece we have. SAT. Okay. So not many students in Kansas take the SAT, so we have to put that out right. there. The data sets 1,205 students. But that increased by 22% a year ago and by 6% this year. We have more students taking. It's this very small data set. But these would be our better students wanting to go to school on, the, on either coast. Right. That score is up. So more kids are taking it. That score is up. 81% of those students met the SAT benchmarks. Again, 1,200 students out of all the seniors taking it. But that little subsection of maybe our best and brightest tended to grow the number, and it went up. So that's an encouraging sign uh, there. When we look at ACT, 
Uh, we, we have 8% more students now taking the exams that, than we did in 2015. About 600 more seniors took it last year. A lot more juniors took it, which will show up in the class of 20. And the composite score dropped by 0.5. So it's hard to measure when you've got more kids taking it, but 78% of those kids on the work keys are ready for 67% of the jobs. 44% are ready for 90% of the jobs in Kansas. Well, we want to grow that number also. So that's just where we're at. So and, and I, when I heard you present this, I want to make sure I, I kind of understand what people would think. So a a silver level, which about three-fourths of our, 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 our kids got to, when you talk about what jobs you qualify for, you're sort of moving uh, from the, the easiest, lowest skill to fill to tougher levels, right? Yes. So this would mean that 78% of the kids could could get a job, but they're not the, the highest level. Would well, that be a way of way looking I at it? I would say it, and this is a very general statement, so there would be yeah. some differences. The governor's task force, the education uh, workforce task force, has been looking at high wage, high demand, critical need jobs. ACT would say that 67% of jobs that those kids are ready for are those high wage, high demand, critical need jobs. They're the sector that in Kansas is going to pay you around $18 an hour or greater and have some health benefits. The 44%, those are baccalaureate, master's, okay. PhD level jobs that are even going to pay greater. So. We like that that percent silver. ACT has a bronze level, which would be lower. Some of those might be good jobs, but many of those are uh, maybe high demand jobs, but they're low wage jobs. So we're trying to get kids at that silver, platinum, gold level on work keys, and to be at 21 composite ACT, 22 as it relates to math, and and uh, 24 as it relates to reading. And we do, do we have any kind of benchmark with ACT or? I mean, in other words, for the work keys, I mean, do we know how that silver ready plat has? Do we know how that changed over time, or was this the first year we really had statewide? We, we had data? that. We had that last year and this year, and it's it's uh, almost exactly the same ratio. Okay. All right. We we also did advanced placement, as as Kansas will tell you, we have 19 community colleges and technical colleges, so we're never going to have a large advanced placement uh, in Kansas because most of our students take dual credit. But there you see that we gave 14,758 exams. 66% of those earned credit, a 3, 4, or 5, and that is up slightly, 1.4%. Again, why is that important? Are you academically prepared? Well, if you can pass an AP exam, you're academically prepared. So it's one of the measures the state board looks at. English comp and U.S. history are the two most uh, prevalent. Almost 4,000 of those 9,700 are in those two areas. Do we know how that translates into individual students? Th this would be exams taken, but some students might take more than That's one. That's correct. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes, I, so. uh, the data we get from uh, from College Board just tells you the number. Yes, okay, it tells us the good. number of exams, doesn't tell us the number of students. Then we talk about dual enrollment, right. right? And that's where you really see it. And this is 18 data. Uh, Kansas Board of Regents hasn't released 19. But you can see there, over, over the time that the board started to establish their vision, we've gone from course enrollments. And these are duplicated. So again, the student right. couldn't be in more than one course. We're now at 24,000. And we're at 70,000 course credit hours. 
Is there a reason, because looking at this a little more closely, um, it appears that we had a drop in the numbers from 16 to 17, rebounded in 18. Do we know why there was a fall? That that almost looks like there was maybe a change in data collection or something at almost. I don't know why it and would I be, but. I don't, I don't know the reason. That that yeah. just seems seems kind of curious yeah. that, 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 it, that it happened that way. But certainly given, again, over a five-year period, a lot more participation, and this partly ties in. Not just participation, I'm it, passing uh, a good course. Point. Good point. And by passing a course and getting the credit hour, I obviously have to be able to do college level work, right. which again is, am I academically prepared? Now, the, the, the difference between a test score and passing a course is that passing a course is only somewhat related to my academic readiness. Right. And there's some other factors in that, like uh, social, emotional. So very quickly, and I know we're running out of time, unfortunately, this is the Senate Bill 155 or the Excel and CTE. So most of these are on the career technical side. And you can see the explosion. We have 105,000 credit hours now being generated by students earning that credit and 1,800 credentials. So that's maybe a CNA or a welding certificate being given in 19. And there you see the number of participants also is, is growing. And this is uh, data from the Kansas border region. And that does go through 19. So we're, we're kind of waiting for that. Uh, do you want to talk just a minute? And, and I think what we might do is we can wrap this up. I know you guys, we may want you to come back and talk in a little more detail about yes. some of the recognition programs you're going to do. How might this data or goal fit in with the discussion with the Board of Regents on the, the having the state pay uh, some of the dual enrollment courses on the academic side. What's the status of that? Well, I think uh, we know that that would enhance likelihood of first-generation minority kids going to school if we if we could do the 15 credit hours. Uh, I think uh, Kansas Board of Regents has indicated to the state board they will they will push for that again this year. Uh, 15 to 18 hours is somewhat the sweet spot for return on investment. You get a little bit more if you go to 24 or 30 or 60 hours, but your costs go up a lot. So people have asked that. Well, why don't you just fund the first year, the first two years? Well, your return on investment is really about 15 to 18 hours, and that would be your English Comp 1 and 2 and college algebra and those, those gen ed courses. So you give those students, particularly those first-generation college goers, the minority students, an opportunity to be successful in college courses so then they are then able to and have that confidence level to go on and take post-secondary now it might be community college might be a four-year school but they they've got that feeling that they can be successful and hopefully they would be more willing to go on and certainly one of the things that I know we hear around the state is that for all the growth in numbers of both on the, the career tech and uh, and academics that they're still because because there isn't financial aid generally, uh, even rel well, and even the only thing of taking the ACT has been an issue where cost is a barrier mm -hmm. for our lowest income kids, who are precisely the students where we have the biggest gap. Mm -hmm. So the free ACT, in part, was really just to let let students from very limited income backgrounds have a chance to participate and see what they can do. Correct. And the same absolutely. is kind of true here. No, so absolutely. okay, well that's excellent. All right, we don't want to prolong this too much. I think you've Thank given you. us a 
great snapshot. Well, I know. Happy to come back. Well, we want you to come back, and so we'll tease another program because uh, you're also going to be uh, doing more recognitions yes. over this year and next right. year for some of these. Let's come back and talk starting, about that. Starting this week. Starting that right. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us.